everybody. Welcome to this week's What Women Binge. We have a special guest in the house. We've got Scott Hamilton is here with us. Oh my gosh, we are so excited. It was just a matter of time. I know, because you're a Nash villain. Billion. Billion. Yeah, Nash villain. Nash Nash villains. Yeah, yeah, I could be a Nash villain because I I do tend to hold people up. It's more fun to say, isn't it? Nash villain. Nash villain. Yeah, I feel we like the I've never, it makes I've never really been like associated with anything like dark or sinister. Before, no, you really haven't. So I'm being Nash. Oh, well, I because of that, I um, wore my sparkles. She's for you got today. sparkle I went tights. Little figure skater. There She's you got go. Sparkle that tights and a spark. For those that can't see you, she has a sparkly headband that's like very reminiscent of a uh, figure skater. I would say. I, hey, I, I got tiara. The only thing I, I know could exactly find where to put you in the show is uh, <laughs> I know that you're not Canadian, but I feel like Canada and ice skating kind of go hand in hand. So I wore a Canadian Ottawa sweatshirt. That's that Ottawa. Oh my goodness! I have so you many won memories. some awards in Ottawa, didn't you? I, did my you? very first ever world championship um, to participate in was in Ottawa, and my last worlds that I ever competed in that I won was in Ottawa. Wow! I was wild? just I just shot a movie in Ottawa this year, so that's why I've got the Ottawa oh my rock goodness. and the Ottawa sweatshirt. Christy, we, we were we'd do the Canadian tour, and because Canada is so like broad, right? It would take the trucks a while to get to the next city, mm. so we would do we'd be in Halifax, and then we go to you know, Ottawa next. So it took a while for the trucks to make it with all our gear. So we'd be in Ottawa for a couple of days. And so Christy goes, I'm bored. I go, what do you want to do? And she goes, I don't care. I go, let's get out of the hotel and figure out what to do. So we went for a tour of the parliament building. Oh, you did? And it was one of the most, I, you could do a sitcom on what happened there. It was this guy and he was very officious. And he was like, he would always ask questions and he would say, okay, people follow me, follow me. Um, can anyone tell me why this um, edifice right here is as it is? Anyone? Canadians? Canadians? <laughs> anyone? And then by the time we got to the end of it, it was always, you find out there was no Canadians on the tour. No Canadians, like, not a single like, one. No, there was a bunch of Americans and there were a couple of people from Germany and then some people from And he was like, oh, no wonder you didn't know anything is because you're not from Canada. You're not from Canada. Well, but it was like, anyone? Canadians? Canadians? I can't Canadians? tell you when I was going there how many people were like, I'm sorry, where's Ottawa? I'm like, I even had to look it up. I'm like, where's Ottawa? Because of course we know Toronto, Vancouver, mm-hmm. and I've worked in Calgary and, you know, but you're like... Ottawa, it's the capital. It's the, it's the nation's capital. It's just there? north of Toronto. It's about, what, an hour from Montreal, maybe two hours from mm-hmm. Montreal, which I love Montreal, but I'd never been to Ottawa before. It is beautiful. With the I've never been to Canada in general. No. Oh, no. it's so great. It really is. Yeah. Have, you, have you been to Quebec City? No, I don't. Ooh. Wait. We shot, no, we shot some of our movie in Quebec, but not Quebec City. Quebec City is... They have all these old buildings, like the Parliament Building yeah. in Ottawa, but it's a whole section of the city like oh. that. It's it is beautiful. So it's very European-looking. And they sell this thing called poutine. Oh, um, yeah. Which is French fries with gravy, right? Yeah. And, but it's way, but they have restaurants way for worse it. than that. I it, am here for that. No, it re- it'll it'll take like years off your life. They also have <laughs> ketchup-flavored uh, chips. Um you know, like and they put vinegar on their chips. But, yeah, I know. That's oh, actually give I was me all the vinegar based condiments. Nineteen eighty six I was shooting a Christmas a movie up in Vancouver and that's the first time I had to have they only had salt and vinegar potato chips. And that's when I became obsessed with them. And I'm still, it's like the only potato chip I actually like. It really, because it, it's, it kind of like, it pow. It has yeah. like a little bit it of a. It tingles the tongue. In the jaw. If you eat too many of them, your mouth becomes raw. It's not good. It's like sour <laughs> Skittles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're so good. Yeah. Anyway, so welcome. Bad. And we all, let's go back to food. Yeah. Oh, like, we're food. We're cat southern woman. Food is always going to be in the picture. Food yeah. is a good. How long have you been living? How long have you been in Nashville? Nashville in 17 years. Almost wow. 18. Oh, nice. Yeah. We bought our house here 18 years ago, and it took us a few months to get 
out of L.A. and here. Wait, so. was that 2000? I think we've probably been here almost the same month. I got here in 2006. Yeah, same. Yeah. I can't yeah. do math right now, so, yeah. yeah. That sounds good. Yeah, it's a new math. So we don't This is home it. now. By, the, by that point, I feel like. Yeah, you get here and it's kind of like, this This is definitely not broken. <laughs> This will this will really work. And and part of what I do to kind of like put food on the table is I do corporate speaking or oh. motivational speaking. And the airport here is so easy. Yeah, it that really was one is. Of her that was one of the to. reasons I moved like that. I chose this, especially over Birmingham, Alabama, because mm-hmm. I could because I, I love the city of Birmingham. I think it's really cute and it's smaller. And but um, first of all, I'm glad I'm here because of the performances, stuff like we're going to talk about, like your show mm-hmm. that's coming here and, and just the stand up comedy, the music, all that, like party central for anything entertainment wise. But um, but I was uh, I totally forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> well, because you fly all over when you're working. I loved that. I was like super close to the airport. You can get in and out, except now there's a line. I drove by it yesterday. There is a line outside the terminal. Oh, they, yes. they've changed on the highway. Um, they've changed for arrivals and then for departures. They've changed the kind of the way in. It it needs they some just work did that because like a it's few all weeks like ago, one right? lane roads and it's kind of bottlenecks. It's it's not it's not done yet. I hope if it is done yet, <laughs> yeah, then we have a problem. But it's really small. Like it's a small, manageable airport, mm-hmm. and I love that in L.A. Being in LA and having to get to LAX and fly oh, out. That, my, that's one of my least favorite experiences because if you're flying out like United on Terminal 6. Yeah. You got to go all the way around the loop. So LAX is built like a loop, right? Yeah. And so you, and there's six terminals. And if you're trying to go to the last terminal, it can, I've missed flights before just sitting in that loop. Yeah. Like missed flights. Where there's I've gotten ways out and like cutting run. across, but. Even that. Usually you miss the, yeah. yeah, you miss the turn off or someone will block you or honk yeah. at you. But it's, it's not good. It's a nightmare. Yeah. It is a stress ball. Like you need to add an extra, New York and LA and Atlanta, I think you have to add an extra hour if you're going to the airport. Here it's like, pull up, drop your car. You can even valet right there. Yeah. Boom, walk right inside. And you know, it's really well. I always valet. I would always valet because I'm, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I run late a little bit sometimes. <laughs> I'm, but I'm right there then I figured you. out, I go, I'm, I'm, I'm here a little early. I'm going to try the parking thing. The parking thing is great. Yeah. It's a cheat code because what they do is, and you know how you you can drive around for hours looking for Mm -hmm. a parking space? Not there. What they do is they tell you how many spaces are available on each level. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then they have all the red lights above the parking spaces. On the ceiling. You just look for the green. You look for the green light and it's like, bam, elevator, bam, into the terminal, bam. And And you're like. Now they've opened up all those big TSA security areas. And if you have clear, do you do clear, Scott? Yes. All right. You, yeah. Good. So you got you to gotta do that. It was really funny when they first opened that center uh, security mm-hmm. area. Um, it was it was like, what happened? Is, uh, this is my airport. What, what? I know. Yeah. And, and so they open and I, I, I get through and it's like, this is taking a really long time because they had those new. Um, oh, they have the new scanners, the, the fancy pants. Yeah, the fancy pants scanners. Modern so I, I'm going through and I, I walk through and it's just like a typical Nashville thing. You always run into somebody at the airport, right? Yeah, always. So I'm, I put <laughs> my bag through and I'm waiting wait, and finally goes through because it took a while for them to kind of build that muscle of being able to use the equipment. And I pull in and there's my Huckabee. Oh, right? really? Yeah. And I go, hi, governor. And he goes, wow, this is taking a very long time. <laughs> like, oh, it is. And he goes, only a government could come up with a system like this. And I just <laughs> thought that was a really funny thing to say. <laughs> that is funny. But, yeah. But it's like Nashville. I mean, you can't go 20... 20 yards without running into something. I, it's really true. I, I, It's so funny because I feel like um, 
all my friends, when people come visit, I'm like, oh, we can hang out with this friend or this friend or this friend. I've never hung out with so many celebrities before. Like just people that moved here that were like, hey, I heard you live in Nashville. Hey, I heard you live in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Hey, I hear, you know, oh, you're moving. Na- oh, you're coming. Na- oh, okay. You, yeah. oh, you want to move to Nashville? You want to come visit Nashville? Mm-hmm. And it's like all of a sudden all these celebrities are here. And I'm like, I feel like it's like Hollywood East. It's Except no paparazzi. No we, paparazzi. We don't do that Not here. yet. Don't come here. No, and, oh, they and, tried. They had to shut down. Yeah. TMZ had an office here for like a minute. What? And nobody would like tip them off and everybody kind of would yeah. block their nice people. Their yeah, I wrote my second book with uh, the guy that became the the news director at E! And he goes, where can we um, put photographers? I go, um, on a plane back to Los Angeles. Yeah. We don't do that here. And he goes, what? I go, no, people live normal lives here. I've had people saying, we see on your Instagram, you're hanging out with a lot of famous people. Would you want to do like a Nashville Housewives show, reality show? And I said, if it was falsely scripted to be funny and stupid (laughs) and nobody believes that we're really those people, I said, nobody here is going to want to do a salacious, let's tear each other apart. Or have you in my home or in my family. No, No. we want to hang out in our pajamas (laughs) and like watch something. We uh, eat carbs. Watch a movie or go out to a comedy show in my jeans and my my Ottawa sweatshirt. You know, like, this is what I want to do. <laughs> Come as you is. You know, yeah. it's, it's really remarkable. And and it's the the one thing when we moved here, um, we, we we had our first child and I'm looking around going, I wish I had the skill set to raise him here. And I don't. So uh, where are we going to go? And we we were um, we had some friends that split time between Nashville and L.A. And they just said, come to Nashville and mm-hmm. hang out with us. So we, my Tracy goes, I just moved here from Nashville and Ugh. I don't know if I want to go back. And they go, well, it's, you're a mom now. And she goes, oh yeah, that's different. So we came back and she realized that it was kind of like, this will work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we came and, and it was just remarkable how kind and open people are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like, um, I, and it's, it's really, it's, it's not a nice way to kind of like, the only way I can say it is if you run into somebody in LA, it's Velcro. Mm. Right, it's like, you know, it's like you know, but here, well, there's a lot of competition. I feel like people in LA are all there for the same reason, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to kind of hit it big in the entertainment industry, and that's mm-hmm. what that city sure. is about in LA. But it's networking and it's dealing and it's yeah. being with and and, it's, and, and here and it's it's, jealousies and coveting and all the things we're not supposed. But like, it's a society built on that because we're all fighting for the same like we think there's a limited amount of it and we're fighting for it and you get outside of there and you realize you know maybe i don't have to fight so hard maybe there's room for everyone maybe you know mm. and that kind of thing and kind of taking things like you can get caught up in it there and and you can and you can also not get caught like i had a great time living in la for 15 years i had a wonderful time i have some amazing friends there that are natives to california and la and they do great in their business and they have great friends and they're nice people but I feel like if you're trying to get into the industry, everyone is. Your waiter is. Your valet part. Everyone is. And so everyone's either disgruntled. Like there's a lot of like attitude or disgruntled and, you know, people that are just you're kind of running into every day and that are fighting for the same jobs you are. And then you get here and you meet somebody in the grocery store and they go, are you her? <laughs> and you, you yes, and they go, I get my picture made not, with you, or no, it could be, but it's really that's really usually not. I really on. usually not, but they usually go, oh, welcome to Middle Tennessee, have a yeah. nice day, yeah, yeah, and that's it. It's so nice what to meet you. Why are yeah. you? Why are you in Nashville? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know you leave. Most of the time, when people don't talk to me, I um, mm-hmm. I move quickly. Well, you're physically intimidating. First of all, I know I I very much am at my five foot one. <laughs> like mm. your little nuggets. So. You and me both. You, you know, we're just so physically intimidating <laughs> you take up a lot of space in this world <laughs> wait let's let's get into the, your physically intimidating you are because you actually you, are like the things you've done with your body okay 
I have, oh my gosh, I have so many questions, but I don't even know where to start. But the first thing that comes to mind is like, what is it? You were the first person to do a back. Explain this to me. Okay, I'll explain to you that I got more credit for that backflip than anyone in the history of sports of anything. Because the first guy to do it was a guy named Skippy Baxter. He was in the ice shows in the 40s. That's a great name, by the way, to do I a know. backflip. Oh, he's, he's <laughs> awesome. But he did his last one when he was 70 years old. What? Yeah. So he just figured if I go backwards fast enough and I stick my toe in the ice, I could probably get over in a backflip. And he was crazy enough to do it. So he did them in all the ice shows he did back in the glory days of all the ice shows. And then... Um, other people would learn it, you know, and then I would, I turned pro after, um, 84 Olympic season and I joined the ice cup page and there was a couple guys doing them and I would listen and I'd hear the reaction from the audience and it's like, Oh, I got to get me one of those. So I went and a friend of mine was a gymnastics coach and I started, I took my first lesson from Skippy and I thought, Okay, that, there's no technique involved in here. It's just tuck and pray. So he doesn't know how to tuck and pray. <laughs> teach it. In a well, way. no, I mean, it's just that's how he did it. Oh, you know? oh. So I go, I'm not as gifted as he is um, in that. So I started working with a gymnastics coach. And it took me like a year, full year, to be able to do it on my own. Mm. And then we're, I was in Salt Lake City where I did my last nationals. And um, I decided to put it at the beginning of a program I was doing that year. And I opened up with it. And... The adrenaline was just like, I'm doing this under lights, and this is crazy, and I've never done one in front of people before. And I went really fast into it, and it just hit, and it floated. And I must have been in the air for like 16 minutes. <laughs> it was like, it was like and then the second Did I Did you know you were going to land it, though? Like when oh, no, it, it floated. It, went, it, went, it was like one of the best ones I've ever done in my life. And I, I, the second my feet had touched the ice, the place went ballistic. And I thought, oh, wow. I am never leaving home without this bad boy ever. <laughs> and so I, I started putting in all my programs. And because I had kind of, there was a lot of attention put on me back then. It was kind of like a really great time for figure skating mm. that I started doing this backflip. And people just felt like I invented it. And I didn't. But, you know, I. You're the first one to get attention. Be, I got a lot of attention for it. And, That's awesome. And I did it for. 19 years, you know, wow. and then I came back when I was 51. I wanted to see if I could skate again. So I, I came back and I did it then too. Well, I always think it's so amazing. I mean, uh, that, you know, that, that, that you could do something that really hadn't been done. Be I mean, had been done, but not uh, on a level like that. Like before. mainstream. Yeah. 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 And, um, like, I think there was a, a skier that I was friends with. He passed away a few years ago, but, um, he was out of Truckee, California. Um, his name was C.R. Johnson. I think he was I think he was credited with doing the first 1440 on skis at a, um, a X Games. Um, what is but it's always so crazy. It's like, f what is it, four times math. around? 360 is one. <laughs> yeah, so four times around. Wait, four times. It, am I doing that right? Okay. Is that the right math? I don't know. Mm -hmm. 1440? I don't know. Yeah. Is that right? Um, but like a helicopter. Like I think his right. skis were You're, up, oh, okay. and he was so upside down, and he spun. F I think oh, that's what he did. He, okay. So he did a ski jumper. Yeah, those guys are crazy. That's wild. Yeah, and he passed away after a few accidents, but he, um, he was young. He was probably so 28 sad. when he passed. Yeah. He, or he had a, he had his first big injury maybe in his early twenties and then had another one That's and didn't so make it. Yeah. And he was you know, fantastic. All that stuff is, it's sort of death defying when you think of all that stuff. Yeah. It's, it's insane. With ice, ice is as hard as that table. It's hard as a granite That's floor. what I was going to say. Does that not, when you're upside down in the air, does that not feel like you're doing something pretty death defying? <laughs> well, it, it, <laughs> I'm pretty if, sure that's... As, as, if you don't bail... Like if, as long as you stay with the program, you're going to be okay. But the second you bail, like Tyler Cranston was this Canadian skater and he called it the electrified calf. And like, you know, those cattle prods, uh -huh. like, oh. you know, they go, eh. 
<laughs> and you just freeze. And you freeze. And he said, if you if you have the electrified calf, you're going to die or at least harm yourself. Really regret So, yeah, decision. I landed on my head a couple times. Um, oh. But just, it wasn't bad. It was like glancing. I mean, you know? That's kind of part of the territory, though, right? Life on skates, you land yeah, pretty hard sometimes. You're going to get hurt. But yeah. do you ever wear, like, nowadays they encourage everyone to wear helmets. But, I mean, not in in figure skating, not they don't, do they? Well, no, figure skating is an aesthetic sport, and a helmet in, would kind of break the spell in, a little in bit. But in rehearsal, yeah. in practice? In, Sometimes, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I would think, like, I think I want that until I don't. <laughs> but I'm, I'm a helmet. I mean, I grew up in the helmet culture, so I'm, like, I'm a snowboarder who's, like, from the d- first day I wore a helmet, I knew I needed it because I smacked my head pretty hard that day. And I was like, oh, thank God I have this thing yeah, on. Yeah, really. So I'm very but, much like, Yeah, Kids, I had a bunch of early concussions when I was little. But, um, but you know, it's, then you, it's, I, pain is a really wonderful teacher. Yeah. It says, don't do that again. What that hurt. Did, that hurt. Don't do that like that. And one of the jumps that kind of elevated me was um, triple Uts. You know, it was done for the mm-hmm. first time in the 60s. And, and nobody had really mastered it. And I kind of, it, I landed on my hip so many times that I was swollen from just above my knee all the way above my waist. Oh. And there was a floating cyst in there that would kind of show up places. It was kind of gross. So um, when I got the, 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 the sack of swelling drained and they took the cyst out, it hurt so bad to fall that I had to figure out a way to land it. Oh. And so when I did, it was like, I'm the only one doing this right now, like consistently. I'm going to put it in my short program. I'm going to put it in my long program. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put it in all my programs. And I'm going and, to land it every time because I never want to feel that again. No, and it took me from like there to here, like yeah. in one year. Well, that's what I was kind of going with with like my friend who did the 1440 and stuff. Um, there, then there's people that do it after, like do they, when when people, so the backflip, for example. So a lot of people do backflips now. Yeah. And is there like a progression of people like, I mean, I don't know. Like, it seems like athletes get stronger and faster and bigger every year, right? Like, what has what ha, how do how do you take something like that? Like you're talking about, like you elevate it. Is it just like motivation of seeing someone else do it? And I'm going to do it better. I'm going to do it faster. I'm going it, to. It's a competitive sport. So if it's here and I need to get to here to win, and then you need to get to here to win, then you need to get to here to win. And so you know, for me, it was, you know, I came out really strong, um, eighty one. And then I defended in 82, but it, it, I could see that my event was kind of flipping a little bit. Like younger guys were coming up and the older guys were kind of falling away. And then I saw the third year I won Worlds, um, Brian Boitano. Brian Boitano was fifth and Brian Orser was on the podium. And I thought, oh, I got, I better get, get, get my gold medal and get out of here because <laughs> timing is everything. And, and what happened was... Because of where I was and how I'd built my skating, I was able to hold them off mm. that last year. And then the next four years were theirs. It was pretty mm. remarkable. But, yeah, it's competitive. So you, a lot of it is the way they teach jumping now is completely opposite of the way they did when I was skating. Really? Because I was up and in, and now they're up and in at the same time. Oh. So it's a whole different technique. And oh, so, like, the Nathan Chens of the world can do quads off any takeoff without any problem at all. And it's it's really cool to see how efficient they are with just rotation. How the Is it kind second of they leave the ice, they're just, yeah. Well, it's science and it's also dem bones, dem bones, you know. It's like, <laughs> it's all about putting everything in the right place because if you're skating down on one foot and all you do is that, mm. it turns your hip and now you're going on an inside edge on this foot. And if you go like that, now you're on an outside edge on that foot. It's just... 
the way your body works. Mm -hmm. So the slightest little thing can change everything. Yeah. I went roller skating last night. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> I'm just, you just reminded me of this. I, can't I totally forgot. Skate. I actually roller skated last night at a, at a kid's birthday party. Amanda, it's holiday season. It is. You know what that means? It means shopping. I love shopping. And I feel like I'm almost done with my holiday shopping because of the Skims holiday gift shop. It has made things so easy. So much easier, I right? may or may not have bought myself some stocking stuffers for the brain to put in my stocking. There you go. You have to do it. I mean. Sometimes you have to buy your own gifts. And then you know what? If you buy it early enough, you forget that you even got it. And then it's a surprise on the day. It's so great. And but the you know, Skims holiday collection is mwah. Chef's kiss. Yes, these these collections have been designed for the whole family. Skims is creating the next generation underwear, loungewear, and shapewear. Literally for every body, including men now, too. My favorite part of the holiday season is bundling up with the whole family for holiday card picks and cozy nights around the fire. So I got us all the matching loungewear from Skims. Ooh. Even the dog can get in on it. That's so cute. Isn't that fun? I personally got the um, pajama set for myself. In smoke, it's the sparkle print. It's Ooh, so yeah. comfortable. It was really hard to put it back in the box and wrap it up. <laughs> That's awesome. Your favorite skim staples like Fits Everybody, Cotton, Soft Lounge, and Sleep are now available in cheerful colors and festive prints, you guys. And it's available in all sizes from XXS all the way up to 4X. And there's unisex styles, and they even start at newborn sizing in the children's side. And, and your dogs. Isn't that crazy? The whole family. It's the best. So Skims makes holiday shopping so easy with styles for everyone in the family. And the Skims Holiday Gift Shop is the destination for all your gifting needs. Yeah, believe the hype. Skims has over 100,000 five-star reviews for a reason, people. And the Holiday Shop is open right now at skims.com. Plus, you get free shipping on orders over $75. After you place your order, be sure to let them know that we sent you. Select podcast in the survey and be sure to select what women binge in the drop-down menu that follows. Yeah, so don't forget skims.com. Go there for all your holiday shopping. And while you're in there, select podcast and let them know that we sent you. WWB, What Women Binge. My son made was my 11 year old Wood? Made me. Did you go no, I went to Clarksville. Oh, oh that's yeah, that was away. a commitment. <laughs> that's a long drive. So my, when I couldn't leave him there because I wasn't going home. So I stuck around and was like, my, and my husband, who is actually probably about to have knee surgery, was like, my son was like, come out and skate with us, with me. And I'm, yeah. we're like, how do you say no? All right, five times around. But I was like, <laughs> Ooh, I think I do better on ice than I do on... I've just been on ice more than I've been on wheels. But. Yeah, and the skating here is great in Nashville. They're building rinks. You know, they built mm -hmm. the one brand new one in Clarksville. Okay. They have an arena and an ice skating rink attached to it. And um, they have the two rinks in Bellevue, the two rinks in Centennial oh, Park, wow. and the two rinks in, I didn't realize in that. Uh, Antioch. Yeah. Oh, I want to get my kids back in a... They all did hockey when they were oh, little. Well, with the Preds here now, like, I hockey know. culture has come alive in Nashville. Mm -hmm. it really so has. they've got the two different... They're both Ford Ice Centers, mm -hmm. right? Antioch and Bellevue. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I have a little skating academy there, which is You do? That's awesome. Oh, I should get my little one into some—I see, so the other thing is my kids all snowboard, and, like, my 15-year-old is obsessed with the trampoline and, like, doing all the—like, you were talking about gymnastics. Mm -hmm. He loves parkour and doing flips. Like, he's always trying to flip his body and twist his body and do all these things, and I'm like, dude, you need to get on a half pipe. Yeah. Like, you need to get out there on a half pipe. Now that you know how to do this with your body— now you can do it, all, and you know how to snowboard. You need to put them together. Mm -hmm. I keep wanting to send them like Burton Academy or something, just learn some <laughs> tricks. Because I'm like, dude, get out there and do well, it. There's a gymnastics place right here if he wants to trampoline and do all that stuff. And they have foam pits, and they have mm -hmm. it's called Let It Shine Gymnastics. And uh, Tim Richards owns that, and he's a really good guy. Do they have parkour. 
We're looking for parkour in the they, city. I know they, they do a lot of Some of them used to there. do ninja warrior classes. Yeah. I can't find parkour places around here, and they love parkour. They do summertime parkour camps out in Tahoe. And I think that does exist. I think we just have to hunt it down. We have to hunt it down. Yeah. I'm not good at hunting I'm pretty, down. I, I got like, I'm the worst at research. I would think. I mean, I think American Ninja Warrior is so po- popular right now. Yeah. In fact, that's how I got my rug burn. I tried to do that a few weeks ago. I, I tried think to do. Surely it's healed by now. Is it? Is it gone? Is yeah. my rug burn gone? Yeah. I had this huge gash because my 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 niece who was Sorry, turning four was doing. Oh, a gymnastics party it's and there was a American Ninja Warrior wall thingy and I went sliding down on my elbows and like this 40 something year old woman it, given any dare 47 con- not just 40 something any type I'm of competition there. if you challenged her to anything she'd be like oh I'm gonna <laughs> do beat it. you let's do it like it's yeah, in, yeah here's my 17 year old nephew what's the worst thing like, that could happen <laughs> my 17 year old nephew was like come on Aunt Melissa let's do it yeah like, alright you got it run up try to grab onto something on the wall and, and she just slide down on my elbows what's really wild is last year and this year at, the, at my um, my event at Bridgestone um, Matt Iceman who's the host of American Ninja Warrior uh-huh. he's oh, cool. co-hosting oh that's ah. so cool yeah, he came last year and, and he's then, doing it again this year and he's doing well, it again this year let's talk about, about the event so if you are here in Nashville and we've been talking about a lot of Nashville see things. how I did that I like that tradition. I love it. Yes. Um, It's like you're a pro. Um, So Scott Hamilton and Friends is going to be performing for the Scott Hamilton Cares Foundation at the Bridgestone Arena on November 19th. November 19th, Sunday at 5 o'clock. It's absolutely beyond sensory overload. It's such a great event. It's It's country-based this year, right? Well, you can't—it's hard to describe. It's live music from iconic artists with Olympic-level figure skating in front of it. Oh, we have to go. I love that. Oh no, we have I love to it go. so much. It, I'm so there. It's so spectacular, and it's it just and it's one of those things where a lot of ice shows have gotten a bad rap. It's, you take your kids to the ice shows, and the parents endure it. This one is it's an it's an equal experience. Well, that's like because they've been doing like the Disney ones, yeah, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. That's the all I've ever been ice to. show and stuff. Yeah, I this, love to watch like Olympic skating like, on television, but I've never actually been to a. Well, Nathan Chen's coming this year. <gasps> Yeah, I know. He's reigning wow. Olympic champion. That was a big deal. Yeah. Because he's, he's going to Yale full time. Okay. And it's like, oh, that's midterms. How am I going to get him out of here? Oh. And he goes, I want to do your show. And it's like, okay. Yes, please. Is that, that's Thanksgiving break. <laughs> okay. it's, it's like the beginning of Thanksgiving break, right? Is that why? Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Yeah. So he's coming and we've got, oh my goodness, we have so many incredible skaters coming. World champions, Olympic champions. Katya Gordieva is coming with her husband, David Peltier. Oh, he won in 2002. She won in with her husband, Sergey, uh, in 88, 94. He's the one that passed away. And then he passed away in 95. I read that book in college. I read her mm-hmm. book in college. Oh, it was part Sergei? of my, my Sergey is one of my favorite books. So, yeah, so heartbreaking. She, she comes every year. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I, last year she, she skated and I said, I go, pretty impressive for a 51 year old. And I, I got up there and she goes, why did you tell people how old I am? I go, Katya, they can do the math. Is she only 51? 52 now, I am. So she's only like five years older than me. She's skating with David, so they're going to do a pair number together. So that's three Olympic gold medals in one Wow. Okay, I have to, first of all, I have to meet her. I've never asked to meet anyone. I, want to meet I know, she's like. I did a paper on her in college. Look at her eyes. She's like, oh gosh, starstruck. No, she's all of amazing. A sudden. Well, I always wanted to be a ballerina, and so I feed into that. Especially that Russian world of like oh, going to see the Bolshoi and stuff like that, oh, but like yeah. that Russian skater world, and like and her so book cool. just meant so much to me because oh, it was so amazing. heartbreaking. How oh, he, he died on the ice. To him I know. Yeah. Five minutes before he died. No, really. Yeah. We were oh. skating around, talking and laughing. Where, it was Dasha Day, so their daughter Daria was coming that day, and um, the grandmother was coming up from Connecticut to bring Dasha, 
And she was like our mascot. We just love her. And, and she's to this day, I just adore Daria. And, and so um, we were talking about Dasha Day and, and Sergey didn't speak a lot of English and I didn't speak a lot of Russian. So we just had a blast talking to each other and just trying to like, <laughs> make it happen. Charades. And then um, he, he said, I got to go next door. They were doing choreography in, in the um, practice rink right next to the main field house rink in Lake Placid. And next thing I heard is called 911. Sergey, Sergey uh, collapsed. And I ran out and I saw him laying on the ice and I just went into an empty locker room. I just prayed. I said, Lord, don't do this. Don't do this. And then the, I remember the EMT guys arrived and they're walking in. I go, please run, run, run. And they, they picked up the speed and they went in there and they couldn't resuscitate him. And he, it was a heart. Was it a heart attack yeah. on the ice during rehearsals? Yeah, and or like he wasn't doing before. much. He was, and he just won their second Olympic gold medal like a year before. And he was young. What, how Very old was young. he? 23 or something? No, he was 28. 28. Okay. Yeah. So it was devastating. We all rallied around her, and then she decided to come back and skate solo. And so she was in all those shows all those years. Mm. And I just adore her. Yeah, you know, I just oh, love her. And so, um, yeah, she comes every year. That's and awesome. So this year she goes, "Do you want me to skate with David?" And I go, "Sure, if you want to, I will ask him." Okay. Yeah, <laughs> oh. Such a so cute who one. who are the musicians? Uh, we got uh, Trace Atkins, mm. Jody Messina. <gasps> um, Oh, she's really awesome. <laughs> Dina Carter. Oh, I love her too. Um, Steve okay, this Warner. Is be so fun. Wow. And then we got the frontmen, and I, it's Tim Rushlow, Richie McDonald, and I always Larry Stewart. Oh, wow. And they were all the lead singers for like Little Texas, Lone mm-hmm. Star, and and, um, and uh, Restless Heart. So it's it's really wild. And and you know Steve Warner. You know I, when I first came to town, I got. I got on the phone with him because he was going through something and needed some, and it was just like this, this community is so tiny and small. And then trace just all the craziness with him. And, and anyway, so it's just, yeah, we're opposites. I mean, he's this big, tall, hairy guy and I'm this little short, like hairless You can't guy. miss and, him in a room. No. And his voice he's is a so giant. Deep. Really? Yeah. He's like really big and he always wears those hats that make him even yeah. taller. And he's, and he's, bur- <laughs> he's a little burly. Yeah. That's yeah. the best way to just, I mean, he's just Paul Bunyan type. Kinda, He's yeah. Just big and intimidating, but blonde, mm. like you. Oh, like I don't a Nordic, know. Like a. The last time I saw him in in like, like public, he was in like his big hat and he had this giant black leather trench coat on, and like plaid, and he had the big goatee beard thing and i was like like he's physically intimidating yeah oh yeah and i was in a rainforest cafe all right so i'm just imagining the guy from frozen that's like oh big summer blowout no no no, no, no. <laughs> not like that at all I, I mean intimidating like you're like is that a villain like is something about to happen he's a giant he's a cowboy okay. yeah but he's big and tall and he's got that voice that shakes rooms very deep and they call me cool. ma'am when i order room service so it's kind of our opposites <gasps> you know <laughs> It, we're just totally opposite, so it's kind of fun to have him. Oh, and, my gosh. And then these songs, it's like I was always a Rust Belt rock guy. You know, I grew up in northwestern Ohio, just south of Detroit, and all that music, you know, the Bob Seegers and, mm-hmm. you know, Kiss and, and oh, my goodness, just every everything that came out of that area, John Mellencamp. Speaking and, of Kiss, did you go? Alice Cooper. They were just here. Oh, they were just here? It was amazing. Amanda yeah. went. I was there. It, it never changes. No, no. It's absolutely the same show I saw 15 years ago. Yeah. But it was so fun. It is. It's so fun. It might be the last time, right? It's so supposed it the to last? be. No, yeah. they've been doing, this is their 25th farewell tour. Oh, so. okay. Like Something like that. As Got long it. as they're making money, I think they're going to tour. Yeah. yeah. I'm just I, saying. I'm not disagreeing with you on yeah. that. But and it was fun, fun to be in the same room. You know, it's like, um, you know, they're in their seventies now and you look mm-hmm. at the Rolling Stones or they're, they're creeping up on 80 and on my way here, 
I I heard their their newest single. Isn't that wild? Really? They just had a new album come out. It's actually pretty good. I feel like everybody has an album out right now. Didn't like I don't. You don't. I I have a show coming up. Yeah, you do have a show coming up. And there's still tickets available. So if you're, are you still doing stars on ice? Stars on on ice and ice. Stars on ice still goes out. Yeah, you still go out with that. I don't go out with it at all. Oh, okay, okay. No, that chip is sale. (laughs) (laughs) But are you going to be skating at this? I host it from the ice. Okay. (gasps) So I'm the host with the most and. um, it's really fun to be able to kind of marry that live music and live skating thing. And we turn Bridgestone Arena. Have you been to a hockey game yet? Or been yeah, to any? yeah. So we turn it into a theater. Okay. We, we take away the glass and then we bring seats all the way onto the ice. Oh. And then it's just really an intimate wow. environment. That's it's really fun. cool. Speaking of ice, have you done the ice at the Gaylord Opry? Yeah, it's really cool. We used to do that every year. Even when the kids were little, yeah. we would all go together. We'd put a big, we'd get a bus, and Pete Fisher would set it all up for us. He was um, at the time he looked after the, he was kind of in charge of the Grand Ole Opry, and we'd get a whole bus of people together and it'd be really fun. We'd do ice and then we make gingerbread stuff at the end. And yeah, I'm chocolate. so excited. It opens Thursday, and I'm going. Are you going? Oh, it's, the kids. yeah. And the theme this year is um, Polar Express. Polar Express. That's right. Last year was Rudolph, oh. which was brilliant. I can't uh, like that's the way so they bring fun. in this ice, and they bring in like I guess from China. They bring in all these like yeah. ice yeah. carving sculptors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was in, I couldn't believe how much ice they had. Mm-hmm. And how they, they freeze it year round. It. That stuff's frozen year round so they can take it to other places. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I do know that they built that venue at the Gay, it's the, it's the Opryland Hotel, right? That they mm-hmm. built yeah. the actual rooms to be freezing cold for that event. Like sometimes they'll have other events in there, but really it's just for the ice event. Mm-hmm. It was so, I, last year was the first year I heard about that. Yeah. It was so Cool. I'm it so excited neat. about it. Yeah, I'm, and you get to do some sledding and ice skating and, and throw snowballs at things and have hot cocoa. So <laughs> I'm excited for all the reasons. All right. So you guys have like one week right now to go and get yeah. your tickets get for the event. Tickets. And it's, he's on with, This is Brentwood Lifestyle. It's Sunday, November 19th, 5 p.m. Bridgestone Arena. Where there's, do they get the tickets? There's not a bad seat in the house and there's lots of them available. And we're raising money to change the way people are treated for cancer forever. Yeah, let's talk about, so, well, and you're on the cover of Brentwood Lifestyle. I know, I'm not really, I'm, I don't This I, is you. Yeah, okay. I like the fall colors. Yeah, that's really wild. I, never, I, I literally looked at this and I went, wait, <clears throat> I, wait, I'm going to, I'm going to meet him on. That's really weird. Like, I'm not a cover person. Well, I only found it because of my husband's gym. I know, it's in the next page to, after that one. After your that article. Back to back. But your article's like, great. It's totally Nashville. It's yeah, like there's a that. picture of me and my husband. It's, it's Nashville is just like, it's like this big. It really so is. It's yeah. a big, big city. small it's, town It really is, for sure. Um, but yeah, so, uh, so wait, can you talk to us about your cancer journey? Yeah, sure. So my mom, when I was 18, uh, she died of cancer. And it was devastating because up to that time, I was pretty much a very um, a dedicated underperformer in the world of skating. I was kind of last place guy. And so when, it, when we, the morning we lost her, I went for a walk and I had to figure out how to do it without her. And it was really awful. And uh, I, in that walk, I decided, well, I don't have to do it without her. I can take her with me wherever I go. And so I just take her with me to the ice. And, and it was like, I'm learning late. Don't honor your mom. Be on time. Ah, it's summer. I don't feel like doing a long program run through. Honor your mom. So I do a long program run through. So that next season, she saw me, last competition, she saw me skate in. I was a disaster. I fell like twice in my long program and came in ninth. And um, after dedicating myself to her, the next year I was um, third in the United States 
and 11th in Ottawa at the <laughs> World Championships. And then two years later, I'm on the Olympic team in Lake Placid. And then I went four years undefeated. Does it break your heart a little bit that she didn't get to see yes. it pay off? Every day. And um, the thing was, is I was two months shy of the 20th anniversary of losing my mom when I was given my cancer diagnosis. Oh, wow. And, um, and I was like, well, how am I, how am I going to do this? And she came back to me and she said things like, oh, this chemotherapy, I finally found a way to lose all this weight. <laughs> Oh, this chemotherapy. I've wanted to quit smoking all these years. Now I have no desire. Oh, this chemotherapy. It's so wonderful. Um, I My hair was always so unattractive and difficult. These wigs are so beautiful and they're so much Aww. easier. So I was like, okay, I want to do that. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm, you know, the thing with her was they had no treatment for her. They just threw everything they could at it. Mm-hmm. And when I was diagnosed, two guys in Indiana figured it out. So... If you want to know what research science does, um, my mom suffered for two years and died. And I was six months later trying to get back in shape to go back out on tour. Oh, wow. It's amazing. So it's it's all research, yeah. right? And the science is here. And, the and you know, the science is here. I mean, the, the money's here and the science is here. Yeah. Sorry. And if we can We're close the gap, it. we can save more lives. And you've been a big part of that all along. I mean. Yeah. When my mom died, I was a fundraiser. And then when I survived, I became more of an activist because I realized that, you know, how many times have you heard somebody say, somebody's got to do something about this, Uh right? And I never thought it would be like, okay, I better do something about this. So, you know, we have a really great foundation where um, it's CARES stands for the Cancer Alliance for Research, Education, Survivorship. And so we're not a silo. We'll never be a silo. We, we are very interactive. We're very inclusive. We, we love to work with other foundations to kind of lighten our load and really share with other people. Right now we have, this year we have 14 different partnerships and research going on. Oh, wow. One in, one's in clinical trial. And all we invest in is immunotherapy and targeted therapies and the awareness of proton therapy. So when you say that, when you say like 14 different, that means different research projects. In different, like, facilities around the country, around the world. Yeah. Oh, very yeah. cool. That yeah. is so cool. So, and that, I have to say, like, you know, your name is synonymous with ice skating, but also with with cancer research. I feel like you're one of these people that everyone knows survived it. It's part of your story you haven't been shy about sharing. And I think that's amazing that you not only are there to, well, advocate for people f- and try to help fund the research, but also like you're you're out there telling people your story, which then I think makes other people feel like, you know, when when it happens to them, they can kind of look to you as a guide of, you know, um, how do I get how you, this? Yeah, what your story is. And, and that was a big part of when CARES first started. It was like, well, it's research, education, survivorship. And so most people don't know what chemotherapy is. Right. Right. No, I mean, I don't I've not. So I when I that. when they told me I was going to have chemo, I thought they're going to put me in a room and hook me up to a machine and replace all my bodily fluids. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's not; it's a IV drip. It's a chemical bag of therapy. It's just chemicals. It goes and, in your bloodstream. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so you know they they find a line. Of, it could be a port. It can be a lot of different things, and they just fill your body with drugs that they can't touch with their fingers because it'll melt the skin. Oh, yeah. Oh. How's that? Terrifying. Right. So we I decided. <laughs> That in the foundation work for CARES, I don't want to, even though I'm here because of chemotherapy, we, 
we're better than that now. Mm. There's got to be another way. There's a better way, and it's immunotherapy. And so we put our stake in the ground. We're only going to find immunotherapy and targeted therapies where it treats the cancer and spares the patient harm. What does that like? What does that look like? Different than the chemicals, like uh, T cells, like your immune cells, your T cells. Okay. They they've now proven that they can take your T cells, reprogram them, right to to look for a certain protein in a cancer cell, put them back in your body, and now your immune system is looking for that's and is now protein. uniquely armed to recognize and destroy the cancer. Because when you look at viruses, you look at other things that your immune system looks after all the time, Mm -hmm. it says, you don't belong here. Right. Okay, we're going to kill you and get rid of you. Cancer goes, hey, I need some help over here. And your immune system goes, what do you need? It's like, Uh, no, you don't belong here. Get out. And so like CAR T therapy for lymphoma, it teaches your, your T cells how to look for those lymphoma cells and kill them and discard them. Wow. And so it's, 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 it's like any other disease now. So how do they do that? Is it like they draw your blood, they clean the blood up, and they send it back in? Or like, how, is that basically? More basic? or less. Yeah? <laughs> That's wild. Isn't that great? So yeah. we always Amazing. thought, well, and yeah. it, there was no drug on the market when we decided to put that stake in the ground. And then three years later, CAR-T came out. So we go, we're right. And wow. we're going to keep going this way. That's we're right. So cool. And That's so we, we met a research scientist in Washington, D.C. one time. And uh, he goes, you only find immunotherapy. That's it. And he goes, how long have you been doing this? And I told him, he goes, how'd you know? I go, I'm very smart. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I just knew from all the travels and all the well, different your places I went. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know that the promise is of a better future. But you can't have a better future unless you invest in it. Yeah. So that's what we're doing. And it's amazing because. That is amazing. I mean, the whole story. I, so I'm like important. learning so much right now. I but, know. But there's also, you know, there's some, there's, there's a lot of cancers that have no treatment at all. Yeah. Right. And one of those came sort of knocking on our door. This wonderful gentleman, Scott Williams, he called us up and he said, hey, I just finished reading one of Scott's books. And I'm, I'm a glioblastoma patient and then I just had my resection and I want to raise money for your foundation. We said, oh, that'd be wonderful. Um, how can we help you? And he goes, well, I want to ride the entire length of the Natchez Trace Parkway from Natchez, cool. Mississippi to Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. And um, they go, how far is that? That's 444 miles. And it's like, and you have brain cancer. Yes. Um, let me do some research. We'll, so Carrie Morgan called our friend Johnny Burrell, who does all the cycling uh, fundraising for us. And she goes, this guy, this guy has brain cancer and he wants to ride his bike, the Natchez Trace. Is that even possible? And he goes, now Johnny had been off his bike for a long time because he had to have disc surgery in his back. Mm. And he goes, he'll never make it without me. Oh. <laughs> no, I mean, he'll never make it. He made it. So he got on his trainer. Johnny started moving his legs yeah. again. And um, in nine days, he coached Scott. He encouraged him. He threatened him. He pulled mm-hmm. him up hills. He he would talk to him. He'd, and they averaged about 50 miles a day. Wow. And I rode the last four miles in with them. Really? On a bike. And I've never been Wait, so nine inspired. days? Did you say nine days? They did it in nine days. 450 miles I want to do it. Can no, I do, it? Do, I, do it again? I decided that I was so inspired that I would do it the next year. Did you and do we it? did it in five days. 
And um, I was going to say, I was in France riding my bike when I was 18. And I think we used to do 30 to 50 miles a day. Like on a good day, we did 50 miles. But like, yeah, we did the first day we did I 90. I would be doing great. First 90? day, I'm not a cyclist. The second day we did 93. Oh. And I couldn't walk after that. Oh, I had to take a day off. Johnny, no, no, no. Johnny goes, uh, he goes, uh, we're going to, we're going to, tomorrow, I want to see if we can get 100 miles in. And it's like, Johnny, I, I'm, not, I'm out. I can't move my legs. And he goes, do you trust me? And I go, yeah, yes. <laughs> I think I do. And he said, uh, no, tomorrow tomorrow at some point you're going to ask me to go 100 miles. And it's like, Johnny, I just had to do a thank you thing and I had to walk up three steps and I had to pull my legs up each step. There's no way in the world I'm going to be able to ride a bike tomorrow. And he goes, do you trust me? And I go, yes. <laughs> and he goes, um, take a hot bath tonight with Epsom salts. We'll do a lymphatic kind of flush tomorrow because he's a healer. He's amazing. And um, we'll get on the bike and I'll get you, you'll see. So we, the next morning, we, I did the bath for like an hour and, and got flushed a lot of the lactic out. And the next morning, I was able to get on my bike. And he goes, all right, for the next first mile, we're going to pedal as fast as we can without resistance. I said, okay. So we did that. And then he goes, let's just cruise for the next mile. And so we cruise. And he goes, back to no resistance. So we did that for a mile. Cruise the next mile. And the fifth mile, fast you can without resistance. Did that. And in that mile, I felt my legs. Like release. Release. Wow. And he goes, and he goes, how do you feel? I go, let's go. You flushed it out, huh? We, we like averaged 24 miles an hour. Wow. For the next hour and a half, we averaged 24 wow. miles an hour. What? We were flying. No way. And so we got you made to it your 100 miles. We got to the 70 mile mark. I'm going to cry when I tell you this story. We got to the 70 mile mark. And I. Now I'm leading Johnny instead of following him. And I go, let's go 100. And he goes, I told you so. And so we went to the 100-mile marker, and we loaded up the, the van. And I was so haunted in my spirit. It was like, go back. What do you mean go back? What do you mean go back? Just go back. And so I went back. <laughs> I went back um, 25 years. And um, on that day, 25 years before I had just finished my third round of chemotherapy and I wanted to quit. Oh. I wanted to quit and I didn't care if I died. I wanted to quit. And so I thought, this is crazy. Wow. Go back. On a day I wanted to quit. On another day I wanted to quit. I made it 100 miles. So I, I got up the next morning and I went to the mile marker and I sat there and I recorded a video and I basically was very honest. I said, look, I want to uh, yesterday, I ran 100 miles to this marker, and um, it was one of the coolest things I've ever done. 25 years ago, I was going through chemo, and I wanted to quit. And I go, if you're going through chemo right now, if you're hooked up to an infusion bag, I want you to know there's a mile marker waiting for you. Mm. And you just got to keep going towards it. Oof. And it was just, and a friend of mine was going through cancer, and I said, Corey, today I'm, I'm riding for you. Mm. And I just, we got it back on our bike, and that day we hit every kind of weather you could possibly imagine. But in, on the fifth day, uh, we arrived on time in, in Nashville. 
444 miles. Do you do this every year? No, no, no. no I, I'm never going to cycle again. <laughs> oh, I want to never do doing it. it again. So but I, I, no, my is, rear end will never be the same. This is my favorite thing to do is ride ride a bike besides snowboard. Have you been to the Natchez Trace riding your bike? I have not, but I know because I don't actually ride anymore. But I rode when I was a teenager through France. It was like because I read about the Ragbray. You know about the Ragbray? Mm-mm. It's the ride, ride across the greater... Iowa Basin, or so, I forget how it goes. It ends in Iowa. Iowa's the last letter. Um, but basically, you ride across the state of Iowa, and it takes about a week, and it's like a huge amount. You have to join a lottery to try to be part of this. Mm-hmm. And you can have like a caravan follow you, but people will put you up in the towns you stop in. There's a party in each town when you stop. There's like toilet paper rolls on the corn, you know, fields, <laughs> and like you so you can use the bathroom in the cornfields <laughs> if you have to, but like they throw this big feast for you in each town, and at the end you dip your tire in the Mississippi. Oh. And I've always wanted to do it, and it's why I went to France and rode my bike, because I was putting two things together, that I wanted to ride the Ragbray and that I wanted to go to Paris and never been. So I ended up in uh, riding from like Semur, which is uh, western France, into Paris. That took about a week, and then we did... Uh, two weeks down south going down to Nice and then we went up into Geneva and mm-hmm. so we were kind of following the um, Tour de France mm-hmm. we were kind of following the same path and um, a bunch of teenagers a bunch of spoiled brats yeah. I was with like a lot of spoiled brats a lot of them from Ottawa actually <laughs> a lot of Canadians in that group um, it was That's it was so one of these tours that a lot of 16 year olds did because they got freedom they could smoke cigarettes drink wine oh boy. and their parents were like go away to camp and don't come back kind of thing and we'll see you in a month but I was there for, like, the biking. So every day I biked, and I loved it. And I always considered myself a cyclist, but have rarely been able to do it. Yeah, the, when you do the Natchez Trace here, there's three big hills, and um, they're a little bit challenging. What's the elevation? Oh, I, I couldn't you even tell you. Because I ride sometimes in Tahoe, but, I mean, I have tried to ride a bike from 6,000, 6,200 up to 7,200. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's Nashville's like 700 feet altitude. So yeah, okay. It goes so it's like not, It's not quite that It's steep. more like the first one's like, ow. And the second one's like, come on. <laughs> and then the third one's like, are you kidding me? Are you wa- is there any point where you're, point? Is there a point where you're walking it or? You're questioning all of your faith. <laughs> I think Do you I use can. e-bikes? I think I, can. I think I did, yeah. You did? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. on an e-bike in Tahoe, I can get up that thousand feet. Yeah. I, can, I can make that happen. It but. makes it almost fair, but you still got to do the work. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you're putting in, like, if you put it on the highest level, it's like double, I think, the amount. So every every push is like two with the stroke or something but like that. But the battery only lasts for 50 miles. Uh Oh. So you better get that hill done in the beginning of your ride or save it until well, later. I mean, you can't really choreograph that, but, you know, it's like, it's what it is. I would try. But it was really cool. <laughs> we raised a lot of money. We had, like... Um, 48 states and um, 30 countries contributed to the oh, ride. Oh, wow. And I got really crazy videos. Wait, was it just like you got you? Was Me it and three? Johnny. That's it. Oh, so it wasn't like a whole group of. And then Scott um, had a second resection, so he couldn't really ride. And so he and Ellie rode the um, the support van. Okay. And they helped us out a lot, and they were great. And then um, this last year, we did a more inclusive ride where we started at the Levis Cafe, and then we went out. Um, 35 miles and back. I want to do this. Yeah, it's really fun. I can't ice skate. Yeah. Oh, crap, I tried. I was in a movie, actually, in Calgary, in, up in Banff. Yeah. I was supposed <laughs> to ice skate in a movie called Holiday in Handcuffs. And um, and I insisted on having lessons and mm-hmm. trying in Calgary and up Who'd in Banff. You, who, who helped you with your skating? Do you I don't even know. Yeah, I don't, it was used so to have, long. It was a bunch of choreographers in L.A. that do that. I think Jamie Isley and um, there's a bunch that uh, just it's helped... I think it was a, I think it was a Calgary 
based. Okay. I think I was in Calgary when I did my first lesson. And then I took those lessons with me and went up to Banff and uh, stayed at a hotel where it had an ice rink so I could practice every weekend. So I'd practice on the weekends. I was just trying to get myself to do a turn. Mm-hmm. And um, just like a, a spin or something, I don't know. I remember I had to put my, my skates in like different, like opposite each other to try to, I, I forget how to do it now. But um, <laughs> but I practiced and then they still got don't me. Don't get so it. technical. It's I know, just, yeah. I had to like crisscross, I, I don't know, yeah, I was crisscrossing my skates and I would spin, but um, which I thought was really cool. But they didn't think it looked so cool on camera. Apparently I wasn't good enough. I still, after four <laughs> weeks of practice, I still had a double. You can always tell when somebody is like, I don't know how to skate. So they'll go out and I did Blades of Glory and so watching, oh, I love that movie so much. Yeah, so I, I was like, I would watch like Will Ferrell try to skate. He was, it was not safe. They would hang him from the safe. ceiling. It was not safe. And then John Heater took it more seriously. Like really, yeah, he skated. He was, he was able to do a lot of stuff on the ice, and it was really fun to watch that. Will's such a big guy too. It's I would huge. think that's like a, that fall and his is body is hard. a prop. I mean, yeah, you know, he it's uses like a his bear body. on skates. Go soak it in. Soak it in. It's like <laughs> got a little muffin top going there. And it's like it's awesome. He loves that. He really celebrates that. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we have questions that we have to ask. Yes. Um, you are technically our for our seven our season nine first guest. So we're gonna wow. ask you some new questions this this season. Can I be your season eight last guest? Because I'm all about eights. Actually, you could be. You can be. It's just that. <laughs> no, never mind. <laughs> we, no, you absolutely I can be. I just love eights. We just don't like those questions anymore. So oh, okay. I'm going to ask you the season nine questions oh, as if great. you're the last. Okay, let's let's just we're going this way. Technically, you we're are going season back. eight. We're going this. Way. Yeah. Technically, you are season eight though because we're doing our secrets next week. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Do you have a hidden talent? We know all of your other talents. I hid- do you have a hidden. You know, talent? it's hard to say. Like I, I did um, the rock and roll fantasy camp. Uh, I was given to me for my 50th birthday and I was a drummer and I, I, I was kind of a rudiment drummer, but I got really a lot better that week because we were rehearsing the same songs and I got to watch and follow the other drummer in my band and, and, uh, have a mountain of really cool memories from that week of being in the rock. Who was fantasy. your band? Um, well, are your instructor? My, uh, my instructor was, um, Rami Jaffe. Who was the uh, keyboard player for the Wallflowers? Oh, that's cool. I was say, I think yeah, I know that name. And now he's—I think he's touring with um, Foo Fighters. I think. Oh, okay, that's yeah. awesome. But he was like this really what chill a way to dude. learn. And everybody like, like he became everybody's like therapist. It was really weird. <laughs> and and uh, but there were all these like everybody I listened to growing up was like in this building, and it was like, are you kidding? Wow. It's like, hey everybody, um, this is Steven Tyler. Will you want to play your Aerosmith song? Sure. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. Yes, we'd play the Aerosmith song, and then um, it was that's funny. Um, and then, um, and they're did, looking at you going, it's No, what was really funny was he came in, Stephen Tyler with his girlfriend, and she was a little younger than him. And um, she's bit. she's like looking and smiling at everybody, and she looks at me and she goes, <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so she was like running up and hugging me and Steve and I was like what is going on here <laughs> so um, when we took our picture he was standing between me and his girlfriend oh yeah <laughs> and, uh, and then we had another one came through Todd Rundgren who I'd listened to like forever all this stuff was amazing and um, he came through our, we just sung for him and they go does anybody have a question for Mr. Rundgren and I go I do and uh, he goes what would you like to ask? And I go, um, will you be our lead guitar player for our gig at the Whiskey? And he goes, what are you playing? I go, Ticket to Ride. And he goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Todd Rundgren was a 
was your lead guitar? My guitar player. Wow. wow. My guitar player. Your guitar player. Your guitar player. In so your, that, yeah, that, that goes into yeah. hidden talents. I stopped playing I after that. that um, sold my drums. But it was oh. always something that... You peaked there. I did. That was my ultimate peak. <laughs> and I go, okay, that's good. Well, if you need drums, I've got two sets at my house. Just Perfect. come on over. If I get nostalgic, definitely I'll be... You come on over. We have two sets. We have the uh, we have the Jay Weinberg... Um, oh, what are they called? He got My son got them for Christmas last year. Oh, JW They're, Workshop? Uh, uh, no, it's, oh gosh, I can't remember the name of the actual drum kit, but they're the ones that are, um, uh, electronic heads. Oh yeah. So you can change the sound to be any drum kit that you want it to be. Yeah. It's not so loud when you're practicing. That was the thing. My son could wear his headphones and he Mm -hmm. could play Slipknot drums or he could play Red Hot Chili Peppers drums or, you know, so you can change the drum heads like by the computer, but he's also still got his, like my husband's touring live drum kit there. So he mixes it up a little bit, takes up a lot of space. It's, drumming is fun. It really helps you get out your aggressions too. Uh, and I've gotten to meet a lot of really cool drummers and, like over the years. Yeah. It's been really fun. That's awesome. Well, Jay Weinberg's one of your neighbors, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite line from a movie we're yes. going to do this time? Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, we used to do that backstage all the time. Yeah. And um, we'd come up with a line, you have to guess what movie it was. And so uh, Todd Sand was a, a pair skater, and he went, Ka! <laughs> that was the line in a movie. Oh, what was that? No, Ka! <laughs> but that's so funny to oh, see. Oh, I know, I know. Can I guess? Yeah. Is it Three Amigos? No. Oh. Uh, when they're up on the wall, and they're like, hey, hey, you, hey, guys, look up here. Look up here. Look up here. I thought maybe it was one of those yeah. things. What is it? This is yeah. the promo for this week, by the no, way. It's no. just y'all doing these noises. It was um, A Fish Called Wanda. Oh, oh which I, I funny that. enough, just watched this summer for the first time. Yeah. And so when he's interrogating him and he's putting french fries up yeah, his yeah, nose, yeah, he goes, yeah, yeah. where are they? Because <laughs> yeah, he's got a stutter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's funny. But, I mean, any any line from, <laughs> like, for me, it's like any line from... Um, Young Frankenstein. Oh. Brilliant. Like, all those movies. Where did you get this brain? It said it was Abby. Abby. Abby Abby Normal. Abby Normal. Yeah. (laughs) It's so funny. It's like, put the candle back. Yeah, there's all those. (laughs) All right, that's another one I got to watch. I haven't watched in a while. Wait, what? No, I've seen, but I haven't seen it in a really long time. Oh, it's hilarious. I need to watch it again. Yeah. Oh, so good. Frau Blucher. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm literally just gonna have them ed- edit all of these noises together. But it's like a, it's like the whole movie is like a treasure trove of one liners. So yeah. um, do you have a hype song? Is there a song like you get pumped up? Like let's say for the for your show in a few weeks. Like are you gonna like listen to something and get on? I don't. You know, it's like when I was touring and stuff. It would be different. Like and touring and when I was like skating, music was my best friend, and there'd be all these different things, but. Um, my goodness, it was always, I loved, uh, oh man, it's just everybody. I mean, there's so many great, great ones, but like, um, whether it be, uh, Billy Squire, everybody wants you, or if it, if it were Jay Giles band, pretty much anything they did, uh, Springsteen, Mm. Boston, um, Zeppelin. I was a huge Robert Plant fan when he went solo. And so I just listened to stuff and, 
And one of the big hype songs, and a lot of people use it, is Crazy Train. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, of course. Song. Yeah. And that just, if you're on a treadmill, it's kind of like, okay. <laughs> or Thunderstruck. Like, I, like oh, I think about football We're going running out to Thunderstruck, well, they, right? They do that at the Predators games, Thunderstruck. Yeah, I think yeah. Alabama does. I think Alabama runs out to I Thunderstruck, so. And too. It, it's so funny. Um, a friend of mine is a music producer in town. He goes, I don't need you to be in my studio at 4.30 on Friday. And I'm like, why? And he goes, just be in my studio, 4.30 on Friday. I go, okay. So I walk in, and uh, Brian Johnson, the lead singer of Aerosmith. I race uh, car driving. He used to sing lullabies to my oldest son when we were race car driving in England together. He's such a nice guy. Oh, he's hilarious. He is. He doesn't even understand himself. The, yeah. the way he talks. Can you, you understand? And he's a, a little bit. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He can't. And oh, we were like, Brian, what did you say? He goes, oh, and we're like, okay. <laughs> He was hilarious. I'm like, I'm eating the least thing ACC right now. And it's like, okay. And oh, it's he's amazing. Oh, it's so funny. I it's it's him. so great. And so things like that, you know. But yeah. Yeah. That's a thrill. Um oh, yeah, no, uh I think my hype song is probably probably it's usually sabotage by Beastie Boys. Oh, that's a good one. I think, yeah. Like that tune, 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 how mm-hmm. it starts, like I can't do it. I'm not a singer, but <laughs> um okay, what would your last meal be? Ooh. You're dead men walking and see I I don't know. It just feels I'm I'm big on I love Asian food, but I also like a really good steak. Mm. But if I had if it were like last meal, um, and I could have anyone cook it, Mm -hmm. I would bring my mom back to cook her beef stroganoff. Because it was the best thing I ever put in my mouth. Yeah. And she would cook it on special occasions and it just like that just popped into my head as like her beef stroganoff. And if I if I see it in a good restaurant, I'll always order it. Yeah, and just never compares though. It, no, she was yeah. amazing yeah. at that. And so yeah, it, it uh, her be stroganoff only if she made it. But other than that, it would be you know Asian food. Like mm. I was a big. We used to go to this place in L.A. In fact, my wife and I went first date to this little restaurant called Matsuhisa. Oh, and there was this guy yeah. there named Nobu that would cook for us. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, why do I know that guy? Nobu. No yeah. one's heard and of it. And then Nobu became like this international sensation. It's like, really? He's such I know. A they're nice opening guy. one in Lake Tahoe. I'm not happy about it, though. Yeah. Because they're like putting it's really good fancy restaurants. I know. And they can do it on a small, but they're taking over our big steak restaurant in Tahoe, and I don't like it. But Nobu is now its own entity. Nobu sold it. Oh, yeah. But Matsuhisa now. Matsuhisa, he's kept that brand, okay. and, he, and he still owns a lot of his recipes. So, okay. like Matsuhisa is like it. So, um, I, I love Asian fusion. Okay, food. all right, that's good. Um, let me ask you this: I want to go back to a season eight question because I like this okay. one. And I'm, I'm just curious what you would say. Um, if you went to jail, what would your crime be? Ah, uh, man, these are tough. Speaking questions. of crime, speaking of like last meal, like mm. I don't know, we, I wanted to talk about prison again. <laughs> What would my if I went to jail? What would my crime be? I do love this question. I love this question. Yeah. Um, I will say that when I used to um, go back and forth from Denver to Los Angeles, there was a stretch of road in Utah where I would go very fast. Oh, and in fact, um, I had this little nine eleven, and I would see how long I could go one hundred and twenty five miles an hour. On this highway in Utah, how I wasn't long smart. you could like until no, you got I, pulled I've over, had, or no, I just go until I got tired of going that fast. Oh, okay. Oh, so when you're going that fast, you make up time really quick, really quick. And there's really a little stretchy. Think Utah. about how fast you could drive the Natchez Trace like I know, that. No, it's <laughs> way too dangerous. Nothing over fifty. We almost got killed on the Trace when Johnny almost got killed. But um, no, and and I, it was really funny because I was going about 125, and um, I went around this 
this little turn, like this little bend in the road. And there was a Utah State um, <gasps> Highway Patrolman going the other direction. And I looked in my mirror and he turned his lights on. So it took me a few minutes to slow down. Yeah. But then he pulled up. He, I waited for him. It was about four minutes later. He pulled up five minutes later. <laughs> and he goes, uh, he, he came up to my window. And I, and he said, and I looked at him. I go, I was going really fast. And he goes, yes, you were. In fact, um, state law says uh, I would have to take you to jail. Arrested you, yeah. My sister got arrested in South Dakota. He goes, but we're in the middle of nowhere, and that would destroy my entire day. So (laughs) I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to let you go on your word that you're going to go slower. And I go, I'll go slower. And he goes, okay, please. It's not safe. And I go, okay. So I I only went 110 after that. Oh, my my gosh. (laughs) You said, yeah, he didn't. It's like it's like in the Pirates movie where Bobosa says she didn't stipulate that she has promise. to get back to land so they wouldn't hurt her. It's like yeah. you didn't he didn't stipulate how slow you would have to go. They would it have was to go slow limit, yeah. just slower. Yeah. Oh my god. So gosh. I did I slowed down, but it was like that would be what I go to jail. My sister was handcuffed in South Dakota and thrown into prison when she was like twenty jail. Not two. prison. Sorry, sorry, jail. Yeah. Like holding self for a few hours until they could pay the and her boyfriend, they didn't have the money on their credit. Like, I don't think they took credit cards or something. My mom had to wire the money. It's going to be cash. Yeah. So she had to be in the holding cell until they got the money because they were like, you're never going to come back here. So we have to get it now while we can. <laughs> <laughs> that um, funny. All right. We, should we do this or that? You have sure. One? We have a quick this or that little five questions. Okay. Ready? Hard pants or soft pants? Soft. <laughs> Amen. Go out or and stay in. And they have to stretch. Yes. Mm. Soft pants to stretch. There you go. He's one of us. Yes. Go out or stay in? Stay in. Barefoot or socks? Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) Tough question. That is a tough question. (laughs) I'm going to say socks. (laughs) I love socks. I I love socks. We have our squishy socks. I love socks. But there's no sleeping in socks. No, I will no, suffocate no, no. to death. Well, I like starting no. off the night if it's cold. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. starting if in it's socks. Cold, and them you off. start off in socks and you take them off. But yeah, there there are nights here in Nashville because it when it drops, it really drops all at once. It's yeah. like that. It's like today, gorgeous, and then it's like bam, thirty. Like, what just happened? That's why all our plants. So die. yeah, so yeah, so socks for the first. So you're yeah, feet. like an hour or two. All right, this might up. be TMI, but here we go. Sleep in the buffer in PJs. Ah. Uh, I don't sleep in PJs. <laughs> <laughs> hot Birthday tub suit. or cold plunge? A hot tub. Yes. Me too. My wife does, um, she does the infrared sauna and cold plunge. All at once? All the time. I love my sauna, but my you husband, could not pay me to get in a cold plunge. No, have there's the a infrared place sauna, over by Urban Market yeah. that does the, 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 any, any light therapy you want in your sauna and then you can do like a cold plunge. It's afterwards. pure float? Is it pure, pure something float? No, it's um, a sweat shack. Oh, sweat shack. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, my husband made me do an infrared sauna recently um, where he was like, come with me. You can come with me. You can get in the sauna with me. I was like, oh, okay. But I don't know why I didn't visualize that we were going to like walk past the front desk who was going to know what we're doing. We're going to get naked together and sit in a box watching like Ted Lasso on our phones while we sat next to each other naked for an hour. I was like, this is just weird. <laughs> like, I don't know why I'm so uncomfortable right now. They all out there know that we're both in here together naked. Do they like, I don't know. It just I, it's, was, they're professionals. Yeah, it's, I know. But also, the, I can't imagine the kind of stuff that goes on in there if that's what's going like. I don't ooh, know. No, I don't surely know. not. Uh, I would hope not. Like, but no. like weird. Like, I don't know. No. It just felt odd. Things that men will never talk about. Yeah. Moving on. Like, can we put an infrared sauna in? Oh, are there more? Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. That's all. You should just get your own, though. I have one. I'm, it's the most amazing thing I ever. don't have space yeah, for reasonable. it. Mine's the size of, like, a closet. My yeah. son told me closet. yesterday to go ahead and get a roller skating rink in our house. I'm like, where would you like me to put that? Like, mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I move my idea. bathtub out and give you a roller skating rink in the 
you know, seven feet that this That's thing That's what takes? living rooms are for. My kids, I'm like, if I don't have to go outside and watch you in the driveway and you want to roller skate around the living room, go for it. Well, Scott, I don't, uh, you, you, the reason I moved to Nashville is promised two things. I could adopt a little girl. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen. And I could have a party barn. It's never too late to all I ever a wanted girl. was a party barn. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. I still can. But the party barn thing, like, I really wanted it to have the boys, like, pizza parties, movies, big dan- fancy dinners, you know, shoot some pool, whatever. But well, I was basically thinking— basically do that in your house anyway. I know. We really do. My par- my house is a party barn. But I really wanted to have the mess outside and have the house so I don't have to have people in my house in a way, but also, like, entertain but the party barn could have been could be a roller rink. Yeah. So if I got a party barn, I could have a roller rink. There's too. so many cool, like really cool barns that people use for events. Mm-hmm. I know that's what I want to do. It's I need so a party barn. Like I don't want a barn barn. I don't need animals. Maybe mm-hmm. a horse, but really no. I just want to have parties. Yeah, we just we just moved to a little gentleman's farm. We have a little barn and we have chickens. Oh, do you have a par- so is, oh you have chick you have animal you actually have livestock in your barn. Well, no, in the barn is we have a barn cat. And the barn looks after all the barn cat looks after all the pests and stuff. And then we have chickens, and they have their own space. Okay, but so um, can I use your are, party barn? Yeah, of course. <laughs> can I come absolutely turn it into a roller rink for yeah, my eleven year old? Yeah, that'd be great. Be perfect size, just that little space in the middle. It'd be yeah, it'd be I love great. it. All right, but you yeah, got your phone? Yeah. I oh do. yeah, we got to ask you a quick question about your um, unread emails. Uh-huh. Can you tell us the number? Oof, mine just of mine, unread emails. You mine's have. high right now. Mine. I got rid of most of mine today. It's ninety one. Oh, you have 91. That's, that's, that's nice. pretty good. That's decent. Most of them, though, are like, oh, wait, hold on. 92. Oh, I mean, 90. 90. See, y'all uh, are on team delete. I don't 89. know how you do this. Oh, oh, here's another one. Oh, 88, my favorite number. I must oh, stop there. Oh, you just deleted a bunch. Yeah. I have 118. Yeah. And that's making me nervous right now. I think I can delete the top two. I really don't want to deal with the judgment that's about to come. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to get yours? real. 200 and... Thirty-two thousand seven hundred ninety-three. <laughs> you win. <laughs> yeah, my wife's up there. She probably is up there around fifteen thousand. It's just it's online shopping. You have yeah. to. You have to get rid of it. It's just so much to go through, and it's the holiday season. While you're in shopping, unsubscribe from everything. Please. I do unsubscribe. Yeah, I okay, do, here's yeah. the thing: so anything that doesn't have to do with family or work, delete it. This one time, I did pay someone because I went off Instagram for multiple years. So I paid uh, my cousin, who was basically like an intern at this point. I paid her like however many dollars to sit there and like take everyone off my Instagram. So yeah. I didn't follow anyone and everyone that followed so me, I had to remove them. To unsubscribe. And any, so like, now I regret it because I went back on Instagram and I've oh. had to rebuild all my followers. But at but the time. You'll never, you'll never regret getting rid of your emails. Trust me. Yeah. And honestly. Um, I can just mark them all as red. And no, you I know, can't. I know the world, like, the world <laughs> cannot survive without social media. I can. I sur- I thrived without it. But oh, it's so when you do something better. like this, you kind of need to you be need, able to connect well, you need to yeah. promote. Yeah. And, it, so. and, and in that, that's the way it's supposed to be used. But the bully pulpit stuff. Oh, yeah, and, the, no, no. and mm-hmm. it's just, like, I, I did this, um, I, used, I did this book called Finish First. And I would do a speech to promote the book. Just this little book. Yeah. No big deal. No, it's like, but anyway, so I do this finish first speech. And part of it was about criticism, mm. like, and how it only comes in two forms, you know, because, um, and it's a really cool way of looking at it. If you can look at criticism in only two forms, it's opinion and fact, right? Mm. Opinion, just delete it. Who cares? Right. Right. Yeah. What do you care? It's like, eh. But the other fact, if someone criticizes you, even if it cuts to the bone, and if it's fact, it's like, thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a gift, right? That's constructive. That's growth yeah. mindset. Right. right? So in that part of the speech, I show like these screenshots of of um, Twitter comments <laughs> from when I did the Olympics. 
and they were so mean and they were so <laughs> awful yeah. that I just thought they were hilarious. Is it Jimmy Fallon that has people the read their own mean tweets? Mean tweets? Yeah. Yeah, that's so brilliant. I put them one after another. And the first time I did the speech was for this. Um, it was an online class with a live audience for the, this college thing. And these kids were like, oh, oh. Every time it would come up, they go, oh. And they'd look away. And I was like, this is funny. Like, <laughs> you're like, these are about me, guys. This is hilarious. But they, but you're I like, mean, I'm that's okay. where I'm okay. social media for, you know, they take kids it that, so seriously. For kids that grew up digital mm-hmm. and for kids that grew up like, you know, slave to the master, it, it really is like their world. Yeah. And it, I can it's see all that they it, put their value in because they don't, um, like I know I'm watching my kids kind of struggle with confrontation stuff, like having too many people show up at your party and then not being able to say, hey, guys, you got to go. Like not knowing how to handle that because they only handle things in comments on, on Instagram or TikTok or something. And they don't know how to handle They only text. They don't know how to com- pick up the phone and yeah, call. True confrontation yeah. in person is not, you know, a lot of the times their teachers are giving them second shots on papers. They don't even have to go ask. They just are like, oh, here, you didn't do well in your test. Go t- retake it. Instead of like being like, excuse me, can I, you know, what can I do to make up for this? Or how can I, you know, I feel like there's a lot of confrontation stuff that's getting lost and nobody knows how to kind of be face to face anymore. We all know how to be these keyboard warriors. And yeah, it's sad. That's a, yeah, it, I, and so I'm not a fan. Occasionally, yeah. occasionally I'll go on, just sort of scroll through a little bit. But, but I, I like, could see I, where it, the vortex is really strong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can get pulled into that world and like, oh, I've been sitting here for two hours. What? The movie no. Social Dilemma is a big, that like opened my eyes to some stuff for serious, for reals. Um, thank you for, this was so fun oh, to man. have you here. Wait, we can one more time all day. Yeah, so Scott, so first of all, people can donate to your foundation, right? Scottcares.org. Okay, and then that's where, where do they get the tickets for the Scott Hamilton and Friends? Uh, Bridgestone Arena box office, Ticketmaster. Um, if you want to um, come on as a sponsor and attend the dinner afterwards, it's really fun. Yeah. It's really fun. Um, you get preferred seating at the ice show. Okay. Um, and then we have this beautiful dinner afterwards. You can get those tickets at scottcares.org. Okay. Or, and it's know, fun for the whole family, the ice show. It's, you know, it's any, like cancer is something that touches every age, right? So I don't want to ever exclude anyone mm-hmm. from any of our events. So um, we'll do comedy events. It's always clean. We do any of the music events or songwriter events. It's always really super family friendly. And, and honestly, it's, I just, you know, like the, the skating event is just so magical and the music is so iconic and the performers are so amazing that everyone enjoys it equally. I would love it. I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. I mean, I, I'm excited because yeah, it'll be really cool. It's spectacular. Yeah. Well, there was one, there was a music um, manager in town and he's really, it's that really cool guy. And he's very, to me, I get intimidated around him a little bit because he's just like amazing and he works really hard and he's just no nonsense gets to the point. Let's do this. And he was at the show one year and he got sprayed with ice mm. and he was five again. <laughs> and I'll never forget it as long as I live. It was like, he went, <sighs> it was just like, we're at SeaWorld. And he just got, you know, she just splashed him. You're like, oh my gosh. But it's, it's that. It's yeah. like seeing the best in the world. And Nathan Chen is arguably, you know, probably for what he does, no one has ever approached his level of a billion talent. I mean, it's just beyond description. And the fact that he's, you're gonna get to get to watch him skate to some country music. Oh boy! So anyone in the yeah. general area, what including like Little Rock, Louisville, Atlanta, come to town for this. Come to town. No, we um, have people. Um, there's one. Uh, I don't know how many, but, but one in particular. This 
couples coming in from Japan. Because mm. we're the only ones wow. in the world that do this. Yeah. And she said, here's where I want to sit. <laughs> here's oh, wow. So November 19th, it starts in the early evening, like 5 o'clock, five I think. O'clock. And yeah, get your tickets and come out to the Bridgestone. And then you're right there on Broadway, too. You can go out to the Honky Tonks. You can have some fun. Yeah. Enjoy some Nashville. Or sponsor the show. Sponsor the show. And come to the dinner afterwards. And if you it's... can't make it, donate online. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Scott, for buying the tickets here. and send some friends. So, yeah, there's yeah. this really cool thing that we do. It's called the 1984 campaign. Oops, sorry. And it's um, if people can't come to one of our events, if they're too far away, whatever, they can sign up and uh, join the 1984 campaign, which is $19.84 a month. Oh, wow. And that really helps us. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah because it's just, um, it. we don't have to do events. You don't have to yeah. do a lot. It, it's That's just money huge. that comes in. And it really is amazing. And 1984 was really good to me. So yeah. We want to make sure that 1984 is really good for the next person facing the cancer diagnosis. So I love that. Well, thank, thank you. you. Oh, Thanks thank so much you. for being here. This has here. been awesome. Yeah, it's so fun. Oh, I feel like I learned so much. I'm inspired. I'm excited. You want to go skate a little, don't you? Let's go. I, I, you want to do some like triple luxes? Attempt to skate. <laughs> I have a lot further to fall than you do. <laughs> 